Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Coming to you once again from Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, high atop the Highway 7 Ridge Line, from TSPN, that's the Survival Podcast Network Headquarters, a.k.a. the Ant Hill. Today is Tuesday. April, actually, today is, yeah, today's Tuesday, April the 17th, 2012. How could I even question that? I mean, we all know what today is, don't we? It's tax day. It's the deadline for filing your taxes from last year. Ah, yay, we get to pay our taxes. Although there will be a lot of that on that today, because something kind of unique happened today. I'll, I'll save it for later to tell you what it was. But this is the first time that I can remember where these two things happened on the same exact day. I think it's just a coincidence. Uh, coincidences are something to look at. So I'll tell you about that in a minute. Before we do that, though, I want to go ahead and uh, let you know today is going to be episode 882, and it's a listener feedback show. You heard Joe Nobody yesterday because I was out of town paying taxes and dealing with uh, my wife having to have oral surgery again. Uh, that's never any fun for her anyway. Uh, I pretty much sit in the waiting room and read a book, and that's fine for me, but it sucked for her. And uh, She's recovering nicely but is dealing with some jaw pain, which is typical when you have something like that done. Those of you that sent uh, kind words in to her and, and things like that, I appreciate it. She appreciates you as well. Uh, but today is going to be a listener feedback day. This is a day where I answer your emails. Uh, at least some of the show is going to be email because i got some other stuff on the taxes to talk about. But uh, emails that are sent to jack at the survivalpodcast.com. That is jack at the survivalpodcast.com. If you want to email me, that is always what you need to do. Use that email address. There's no special email address. There's no, there's no people screening my email. But you can get into the right bucket, so to speak, for when I'm screening my billion emails a day by doing certain things. So the way you want to send an email for this show is put article for Jack, question for Jack, comment for Jack, video for Jack, something like that in the subject line. One word followed by for Jack. If you do that, you're going to go in the right bucket, you're going to get screened, and I'll get some of you guys on the air. I usually put about 10 emails on the air a week. I get hundreds of them, so it's you know like a 1% thing. But when a bunch of emails come from a bunch of people that say the same thing, that generally gets on the air. So keep sending them. And know this, I do at least read them all. Rule to get your email read. Get your point, comment, or suggestion into two sentences or less, and then give me all the details you want after that. If you give me this this like book to read, or some of you guys should just send me a link. Link for Jack. Boom. Uh, I may or may not click that link. I, I don't know. Man, make your point. Let me know what you're talking about. Put one minute of thought into it, and I'll spend one minute of, of at least reviewing it and, and evaluating it. I've got to filter things somehow, folks, and that's one of the big ways that I do it because I'm one guy, and I only got so much time a day to do this stuff. All right, um, but uh, there we go. Before we get into your questions, feedback, and tax information, I want to tell you some really interesting things about taxes today, how you're lied to as usual. I want to go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today is silverandgoldshop.com, run by the wonderful Mary Beth Maidmont. You know, some of the coolest silver rounds I've ever seen are available at Silver and Gold Shop. The big thing you're going to get from Mary Beth is great service. I mean, you can buy silver from lots of people, but you're going to get great service and honest business from Mary Beth every single time. Check them out today, silverandgoldshop.com. Next up, Shelf Reliance. So notice I said shelf, like something you put stuff on, not self like you yourself. That's because Shelf Reliance specializes in innovative food storage solutions that easily allow you to eat what you store and store what you eat. They also have the Thrive brand of long-term storage food. Uh, that's some of the best long-term storage food that I've ever eaten. Next up, I want to remind you to connect with me on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Great way to stay in touch with me beyond just the show, those three mediums, especially Facebook on the fan page. I spend a lot of time making sure that additional information gets out there and answering comments and things like that. So Facebook's the way to go. The fan page is better than trying to be my friend. I don't really pay a lot of attention to like the social aspect of Facebook. I see Facebook this way. Some of my, my audience, some of my customers, right, some of my community – 
wants to talk to me on Facebook. Therefore, I do that because it's my job to talk to you however you want to be spoken to and through whatever medium you want to be spoken to. But I use the fan page for that. I don't do a lot of, you know, I'm out shopping and stuff like that and checking in and, and, and stuff like that on Facebook. So fan page is the way to go there. As always, best way to get in touch with me on anything is not a Facebook message, a forum private message, blah, blah, blah. Email me. I actually read and check my email. Jack at the survivalpodcast.com. Just throwing that out one more time. Because I get emails like, for Jack or whoever's reading this, or if I don't know if this is the right way, it's always the right way when you email me. Uh, I'm just going to stop there. I don't know. I feel kind of weird today. You know, the intro segment, it's five minutes. It's done. Whatever. Um, one real quick reminder. If you want to join the MSB, Member Support Brigade, Last day of the tax sale, you can use the word taxes as a discount code, T-A-X-E-S, all lowercase, on the form if you mail it in, or you can use it if you sign up online with PayPal. It ends at midnight central tonight, no exceptions. All right. So um, let's talk about taxes a little bit. Um, you know, today is tax day. It's the day that we, it's not really the day we pay our taxes. It's not even the day that we file our returns. It's the deadline to make sure that our taxes are paid, our returns are filed from last year. And here's the great part. If you owe too much money, like if you, if you, if you underestimated your payments and you owe too much money, they actually fine you even if you file by today for underpaying your taxes from last year. That's to prevent us from doing something like, oh, I don't know, keeping all of our tax money until this day and then paying them all in one lump sum and collecting the interest because they want our money now, right? But the problem with tax day, The problem with tax day is that it makes people focus on one tax, federal income tax. And it opens us up to this thing I call class warfare. I don't call it that. You know, anybody with a brain would understand what class warfare is. It's a very common term. Uh, politicians have been fond about bantering it around this year. But let me tell you what class warfare is. Class warfare, when it comes to taxes, is something a lot of you have bought into. You really have because I hear it all the time from you in emails in comments, in chain emails that you forward to me, things like that. The, the, the statistic, you know, 51 or 55, or who, depending on who you believe, percent of Americans don't pay any tax at all. They don't pay taxes. The, 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 that's why. That's why we have all these problems in, in America. And if those people, those deadbeats, would just pay their taxes, we, we, we'd all be better off. All right? You've heard that, haven't you? It's it's really popular with people like Sean Hannity and other right-wing radio hosts that just simply want to tow one line of the dichotomy and say, look, 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 see, see, they want you to pay more, but these people don't even pay. See, what happens then is we look at that, we divide ourselves, and a lot of people that are angry about it, you're the one that's not paying the federal income tax, or you're paying so little, you might as well not be. I've seen people get angry about this, and I start talking to them, and I go, well, How much do you make a year? And you're like, well, household, we make about $50,000. How many kids you got? Two. Yeah, you're not paying any taxes. You're the person that you're angry at. Did you know that? And they go, ah, oh, go, check, go check your tax return. By the time you get your tax return at $50,000 with two kids, married, filing jointly, with, with uh, has had a household, with, with four-person household, you're not paying any federal income tax. And yet they're mad because they feel like they are. And I'll tell you why they feel like they are, because they're paying plenty of taxes. See, this class warfare crap ignores the you know 90-odd taxes out there that have nothing to do with just federal income tax. Let me read you a list of, somebody, of some of the taxes we pay. And I want you to understand something else. That when a business pays tax, you pay tax. If you are a customer of that business, don't think they just pay the tax and go, oh, gee, it's, that's our fair share. No, they put it right into the cost of operations. As someone who's run large companies in the past, let me tell you, that's exactly what you do. When you sit down with your CFO and your CPA for the firm and you say, we're going to plan out a business plan and a financial plan for next year, taxes are a critical component of that plan. I don't want to know my margins before taxes. I want to know my margins after taxes. I want to know what do I have to build into my pricing model to compensate for this. So every tax that's paid at every level, ends up down to the consumer level in the end because that's how business runs. So understand that as I read to you some of these uh, taxes. I'm going to provide a link to this page. So you can go and every single one, every single one of these taxes has a link. So you can see exactly what it means if you don't know. But this is, this is the taxes that we pay in America 
in addition to federal income tax. Accounts receivables tax, accumulated earnings tax, ad valorium tax, includes duties on imported items, see also property tax. Uh, alternative minimum tax, alt aviation fuel tax, capital gains tax, cement and gypsum producers license tax, cigarette tax, coal severance tax, coal gross proceeds tax, consumer council tax, consumption tax, corporate income tax, corporate license tax, court fines, customs duties, dog license tax, you tax your dog, double tax, electrical energy producers tax, estate tax, inheritance tax, Federal income tax, there's that one, right? Federal unemployment tax, fishing license tax, food service license tax, fuel permit license tax, gas guzzler tax, gasoline tax, generation skipping transfer tax, the gift tax, gross production tax, hospital facility utilization fee tax, hunting license fee tax, inheritance tax, inventory tax, IRS interest charges for people that underpaid, like I was talking about. IRS penalties tax. Those are people that made a mistake and then they end up paying like five times what the mistake was, even when it's a legitimate mistake that the IRS would have been. Oh, do you know that if you call the IRS and ask them, hey, I got a question about this and they give you an answer, that if it's wrong, it's not their fault, it's your fault? Yeah, an IRS penalties tax. Kitty tax, land value tax. Liquor license tax, liquor tax, local tax, lodging facility use tax, luxury tax, marriage license tax, they tax you when you marry, Medicare tax, mental minds gross proceeds tax, I don't, oh, metal minds gross proceeds tax, metal minds license tax, miscellaneous mineral minds license tax, miscellaneous minds net proceed tax, nursing facilities bed tax, Oil and natural gas production tax, parking meter tax, payroll taxes, professional privilege taxes, property taxes, proxy taxes, public contractors ghost receipts tax, public service commission tax, public utility tax, real estate tax, real estate transfer tax, rental vehicle sales tax, resort tax, resource indemnity and groundwater assessment tax, Retail telecommunications excise tax, sales tax, school tax, self-employment tax, septic permit tax, severance tax, social security tax, state income tax, state unemployment tax, statewide emergency telephone 911 system service fee, surtax, tariffs, telephone federal excise tax. I'm getting tired too, folks. I know. You just really, we, we got to do this. We got to really know what we're talking about. Here's what we're talking about. Telephone Federal Universal Service Fee Tax, Telephone Minimum Uses Surge Charge Tax, TD Telecommunications Service Fee Tax, Tobacco Products Tax, Other Than Cigarettes, Toll Road Fee Tax, Toll Bridge Tax, Toll Tunnel Fee, Tonnage Tax, Traffic Fines, Trailer Registration Fee Tax, Use tax, utility tax, vehicle registration and license tax, vehicle sales tax, watercraft registration tax, well permit tax, wholesale energy transaction tax, and workers' compensation tax. That's one list of taxes. I'm sure they missed some. If you want to know what any of those are, or if you missed any of those, or you just want to torture yourself by reliving what I just did, uh, and without rewinding the, uh, the episode, you can go to the link that will be in today's show notes on whatistaxed.com forward slash other underscore taxes.htm. Again, I'll provide a link for you. There's the taxes that we all pay. And, of course, they want more. They don't have enough. Now, there's another date that a lot of people don't really pay as much attention to is tax day. You know, the day that for each year is the deadline, and it's generally somewhere around April 15th for filing your taxes this year. Of course, it's April 17th. Well, that day is called National Tax Freedom Day. Now, on National Tax Freedom Day, what that means is it's an aggregate average because different people in different states would celebrate this day on different days for a variety of reasons. I just read you 94, 95 reasons as to why this would differ by state. In some states, there are higher fees, there's higher property taxes, there's higher state income tax, there's higher state property taxes. And in some states, people just on average make more money, therefore they pay a higher tax rate. So if you look at a state like Texas, even though the tax footprint in Texas, if you get outside of Austin and certain other places with high property taxes, is relatively low, there is a sales tax, but there's no income tax, it ranks rather high as a tax freedom day state because people on average do fairly well in Texas. It's a fairly high income state. 
Uh, same thing could be said in New York City and the New York State area, except for they're going to add to that all those extra taxes you get to pay up there. Right. So, but when we take all the states and we aggregate it out, we come up with a day that's pretty much the average for everybody in America, Tax Freedom Day. Tax Freedom Day arrives on April 17th, 2012. In my memory, this is the only day that I can remember where Tax Freedom Day and Tax Day were on the same day. It may have happened before, I just don't remember it. But let me drive this home for you because I don't want you susceptible to the class warfare bullshit. I don't want you to believe that the D is the answer, the R is the answer, and the dichotomy is the answer. I want you to be in touch with the reality of the slavery and serfdom that the people of this country exist in. What this means is that since you rang in the new year and kissed your significant other when the ball came down or drank a glass of champagne or were just in bed because you didn't really care, however you brought in the new year, from that moment till midnight tonight, you have worked... 100% for government. None of that money is yours. None of that income is yours. All of it went to the state and state, capital and lowercase. All of it. County, local, city, state, and federal. All of it. You get nothing. 100% of your effort was taken from you from the first of the year until now, And you're supposed to be happy about it, you're supposed to be patriotic about it, and you're supposed to feel patriotic for paying your taxes. That that's a patriotic thing to do. Now, this is why I get so upset that people buy into bullshit like electing a different guy is going to change anything. All of these people want to do is argue about exactly how our taxes will be used against us. So let's talk about one way our taxes are being used against us right now. Let's, let's talk about a way that's being done in Michigan. This is what I was talking about when like 80 people sent me the same thing and, and it probably more like 180 sent me this one. Um, I'm going to talk about it. And this has been all over Alex Jones' show and they've done a good job of covering this one. Uh, sometimes I'm a little hard on Alex, but he does a good job on some things and on this one, he's done a good job of bringing it to light. But basically, Michigan, like many states, has a problem with something called a feral hog. A feral hog is a hog that escapes and starts to live like a wild hog. It goes back to its natural state, and it goes out and it creates problems as an invasive species. I actually don't think they're the problem that a lot of people seem to think. I think they're delicious, and we should go out and shoot them and eat them. And if more people went out and shot them and ate them, and there's most states have no season on them. Some states you don't even need a hunting license to shoot them. You just need a hunting license if you're out shooting them while other things are in season, so you can't lie and say, I'm only looking for pigs. Um, but yeah, they, they can be a problem because they breed so fast. But <laughs> what the Michigan Department of Natural Resources has done is state that any hog that looks like a wild hog, and there's not even defining characteristics. It's basically anything that they say looks like one is a wild hog and needs to be killed. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem is that includes a pig that a Michigan farmer owns. It's on his property, secure, not able to escape, uh, and may just simply be a heritage breed hog. Yes, they are literally using your tax money, you know, that they get from all of those those fees that I just labeled off for you, to take armed SWAT teams onto ranchers' property in the state of Michigan at point of a gun, fine, threatening them with fines and imprisonment, and, and requiring them either to kill their pigs or the federal thugs are killing their pigs for them. I mean, this, let me, let me read, this is on the blaze. Report, Michigan DNR stages armed raids to enforce feral swine ban. As ranchers continue to fight against a ban, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources Environment, uh, DNR, has instituted on feral swine. A ban went into effect this month. The department has gone into enforcement mode, conducting raids on farms previously known to have had the swine. In 2010, the DNR outlawed feral swine, pigs classified as non-native, invasive, and said to be disease carriers and detrimental to the environment. For both of those raising, for, for both those raising the pig for sport hunting and as meat, both groups with a stake in the swine have since fought to have the ban reversed or at least suggested more stringent regulations for those who own the pigs instead of complete eradication. But after a series of delays and extensions to give hunters an incentive to shoot wild game and ranches the time to get rid of the animals themselves, the ban did officially go into effect. 
Uh, here we go. This is a quote off Natural News, which I don't like to use, but it's in the article, so I will. Those of you that want to know why I don't like to uh, send people to Natural News, I really feel bad about not wanting to do that, but here's the backstory. Uh, about two years ago, I approached Natural News to, to apply as an advertiser, and they told me no because my site has gun content on it. Um, and I basically told Mike Adams directly, I thought he was a coward for that. I know Mike actually supports the Second Amendment, and if anybody wants to get in touch with him and let me let him know, if he's lifted his ban on advertisers because they have gun content on their sites, and if he's no longer hiding because he feels that it's too controversial for his, uh, his audiences, that's the words he used with me, uh, I would happily, happily re re start endorsing his site and his work again. I really would. I, I, I really wish I could. But someone that, that takes that stance, oh, I can't have an advertiser that talks about guns, I can't endorse them. I can't. I, I can't even send them it. But here's a comment from his work, which acknowledged is excellent. Staging raids involve six vehicles and ten armed men. The DNR conducted unconstitutional, illegal, and arguably criminal uh, armed raids on these two farms with the intent of shooting all the farmers' pigs under a bizarre new invasive species order that has suddenly declared traditional livestock as an invasive species. I think this is an unconstitutional order. These actions of the DNR are way out of bounds. Attorney Joseph O'Leary told Natural News in an interview today. He's representing one of the farmers who was targeted in these raids. Quote, to take what was six months ago an entirely legal activity and suddenly people are felons over it, they're not growing drugs, running guns, or killing people. They're raising animals pursuant to USDA regulations and the state of Michigan regulations. They haven't done anything wrong here, and the DNR is treating them like hardened criminals, end quote. Last week, according to Sheboygan News, the DNR filed a civil complaint against Ronald and Charlene McKendrick, owners of Renegade Ranch. After access to the property was denied without search warrant, shortly after the complaint was filed, the Renegade Ranch was visited by the DNR on Saturday with one of the representatives having filed a restraining order, which Natural News calls, quote, an attempt to bully their way onto the property, end quote. Fines for violations range from $1,000 to $20,000 per infraction, according to the outlet. McKendrick will appear in court April 20 over the complaint filed against him. McKendrick told Sheboygan News that most game ranches in Michigan depend on hog hunting to sustain business. He sees this order as a method of trying to get rid of game ranches in the state altogether. For Renegade Ranch specifically, McKendrick said hog hunting comprises 70% to 75% of his business. The Farm to Consumer Defense Fund, a group supporting the cause of the swine ranchers and farmers second to to the sentiment, say the DNR has tried to push privatized game hunting out of the state before with little success. For more than a decade, the Department of Natural Resources has worked politically to drive private hunting preserves out of business. However, the Michigan State Legislature repeatedly rebuffed their attempts. Elected officials recognize how important private property rights are. They are unwilling to prohibit landowners to raise and harvest animals in open areas. Now backed by large agribusiness interests in the state, DNR has done an end run around the participatory democracy and declared swine with certain characteristics feral, which not only includes animals raised on hunting preserves, but thousands of other small farms across the state. Natural News goes on to report that Dave Tuxbury shot all his livestock in an attempt anticipation of DNR inspection. Baker's Green Acres, a farm covered in an original article about feral swine ban, posted on Tuxbury's thoughts about the raid on his website. So I'm, you can read the rest if you want, but okay, so we start out talking about places where they're hunting. Well, this Baker's Green Acres is just a livestock operation. These guys are raising hogs for meat for market. And the DNR threatened them with a felony fines in the tens of thousands of dollars and throwing them in jail for raising pigs that have certain characteristics by their appearance. And that's what they're saying is if you want to farm hogs in the state of Michigan now, they better be pink and boring. You know, all these great heritage breed hogs that we have, they have to go. And they, they have turned people farming and ranching these hogs into felons overnight with a regulation that was not subject to the people of the state. This didn't come from state legislature. This is DNR acting on their own, coming on. Let me, let me paint the picture for you so you understand why I'm spending so much time on this. Because I want to fight this and I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how we help these people. This isn't simple like when we just attacked the mayor's office for Jan Klein and threw some money at the problem. This is far more complicated and it's a far more important fight. I'm going to paint the picture for you. Let's say that you moved to Michigan. You found that perfect homestead. You've been listening to Survival Podcast for a long time. You've been listening to all the great interviews I had. And you had, you know, after hearing all these different homesteaders talk about raising hogs for meat, 
you, and Joel Salatin talk about everything, you decide that's what you want to do. Now, you decide you don't want something that grows to 600 pounds, big pink uh, stock hog. You want a good, hearty, heritage breed hog, something that's been bred for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, something that people brought to this country as a food source when they first got here. And you go out and you build your, your homestead and your uh, confinement systems exactly to code. You follow all the regulations as far as making sure the animals can't get out, that they're treated properly, that they're housed properly. You do a better job than anybody in commercial food production could ever do with the quality of care of the animal, and you have your hogs. You're not bothering anybody. You don't even have a neighbor complaining that they stink. You're doing everything right. You've gone into a place where everything is just the way it's supposed to be, and you have your hogs out there that happen to have long red hair. Department of Natural Resources says they're feral. Now, feral means escaped. Feral means living in the wild. They're not feral. They're on your property, behind your fence, under your control. And they say, get rid of them and get rid of them now. And if you don't, this is what happened. They send 10, 15 guys with assault weapons to your house and put guns in your face, arrest you, find you, and kill your hogs. And this is supposed to be America? This is a state, this isn't a federal law. This is the state of Michigan doing this. Heads need to roll guys up there in Michigan. And you guys in Michigan are the ones that need to make those heads roll. I mean... And I want advice from the audience on this. How do we fight this? I don't know. What can we do? Is there a group that's legitimate, that's really fighting this battle, we can get behind the support? Because if this is lost, if, if we end up with the court system siding with DNR and saying that it is legal for the state to come kill your animal, even if it's properly confined and cared for because of the way that it looks, and it's okay for them to impose a felony, then... What do we have left? What's next? Oh, you can't have that chicken? They're already trying to do it with the Muscovy duck. Muscovy ducks have been around forever. And now because wild Muscovies moved into one little place in South Texas, they're trying to ban those from possession uh, in private hands, growing for meat, eggs, and whatever, as an invasive species, and claiming federal migratory. It's a federal migratory bird, so it's subject to the, the federal regulations that cover things like doves. Right and, and other uh, ducks, like wood ducks. Because this duck that's been raised by you know individuals for, for hundreds of years as livestock because a wild population moved into one county in South Texas, they use that loophole to come down and try to prevent farmers and ranchers from having Muscovy ducks. And they're one of the greatest livestock assets you could have. So they're, they're after the Muscovy duck. They're after a hog because it's brown. Understand that. It's because the hog's brown. Oh, he's feral. No, he's not. He's feral when he's off my property in the wild. And you know the solution to that? Trapping and killing. That's the solution. There's plenty of hunters happy to trap and kill hogs. You know, most states that have this feral hog problem, they use it to their advantage. They have people come hunt the hogs. They allow more loose regulations. Texas, if you want to go out and take a spotlight pointed at a deer and shoot a deer in the head at night, you go to deep, deep, deep in the jail. As one uh, South Texas sheriff put it one time, uh, we'll put you so far back into jail, they're going to have to pump sunlight in with a straw if you do that, boy. Right? That, that's what happens. if you. But if you want to go out with a semi-automatic rifle and lay waste to feral hogs with spotlights, you call the game department so they know what's going on, so they don't mistake it for something else. And as long as you're in a place where you're not going to cause any trouble doing it, you go out there and kill them. And you barbecue them and they taste good. No, Michigan, their solution is to go to take people that are running game ranches and running legitimate farming operations and shoot the brown pigs. It's, it's, it's pig racism. I, I mean, that's, that's what it really is. They're being racist against the pig that's a different color. Maybe that's the solution. You can't be, maybe we should go for equal pig opportunity. I'm, I'm being silly now, but you get my point. So you guys let me know how to fight this. I'm going to go on to something else now before I snap a gasket. But if anybody tells you this isn't a big deal, or if anybody tells you, no, they wouldn't do that, bullshit. It's a huge deal, and they are doing it. And I, I want you again to get this. One of the guys that they sent this, this armed team after was 70 something years old. The guy from Baker's Green there was a 73 or 74 year old man. With some pigs. And he'd already killed them because he was scared. And they sent ten armed agents to his farm because his pigs were brown. In America today, that's what's going on. 
You better stand up and you better draw the line somewhere. And to me, this is a place we draw the line. Help me figure out how to fight this. I'll throw my full weight behind it. Uh, let's go on to something else again before I snap a complete gasket here. So here was kind of a cool thing. Um, it's not a solution, but the fact that a, that a kid um, asked this question, 15-year-old kid asked this question, says, um, here we go. Uh, let me make sure because I think I have the kid's first name here. Drew. Okay, this is what Drew said. After listening to the survival podcast with his with his son, Drew, uh, with, with his dad, Drew says to his dad, Okay, so the value of the dollar is in the toilet. My oldest son asked a question I couldn't answer, but my gut reaction was, this almost sounds like a good idea. His question, why don't we take 30% of the tangible dollars out of circulation and burn it? Wouldn't that raise the value of the remaining dollars? Please give your two pennies on this thought process, and thanks for all you do. Um, well, Drew is at least thinking in the right direction, that if there's too much money, if you contract the supply, you'll strengthen the dollar, and to a degree that's true, but it's far more complex than that. But here's a couple problems with it. First of all, since all the money is debt, right? so all the money's loaned into existence, if you destroy, physically destroy the money without repaying the debt then you still have the debt and you don't have the money. So the imbalance of debt to money is even greater than it already is. And it's already astronomical in the wrong direction. So that's that's one problem. The next thing is he's like basically get all the tangible dollars. So what he means by that is all the paper money. Let's get 30% of everybody's paper money, stick it in a fire and burn it. And then everybody else's money that's left over will be stronger. Well, the problem with that is only 3% of the money is paper. 97% of the money in America today, and it may be far more now, uh, with the, uh, the 12 trillion dollars that the Fed doled out across the world, uh, behind closed doors that we would even know about without Ron Paul's, uh, audit of the Fed. But let's just go with the 97%. That would mean we would only contract the monetary supply by nine tenths of one percent, which they would inflate out within another week or two. So we'd be right back where we started and all we would lose is 30% of the money that we had in our hands. So it doesn't work. But it's interesting that a kid's already kind of making the connection that, hey, this is a supply issue. This is a supply side issue. They're creating too much money. So contraction. But the problem is that as they, as they expand this, this monetary base, guys, and it, it's going to lead me back to taxes here in just a second because it's the tax I left out for a reason, so I could save it until I read this uh, read this article. But as they expand the monetary base and they inflate prices of things, if you start to contract at that point, what you end up with is a lot less dollars in circulation, a lot less money to be spent, the banks freeze up their lending, and you lock the system down and it can't run anymore because the system is not built to go in reverse ever. The system is not designed to ever go backwards. It is not designed for the dollar to truly strengthen it in a meaningful way long term. That's why the value of the dollar has fallen by over 97% since the Federal Reserve took over. The long term trend has to be down. The entire system requires it. It requires growth at all costs and it requires expansion at all costs. There always has to be more money, more debt, and more production or the whole system breaks down. And this is the hidden tax that, that nobody wants to tell you about. If you go to Shadow Stats, Shadow Statistics, Shadow Government Statistics, ShadowStats.com is the site, and you look at the real inflation rate over the last year, it's about 6%. 6%. Now, the government will tell you it was almost insignificant. There was hardly any. They're trying like crazy. But a single mom that buys food will tell you there was plenty of inflation. They use something called the CPI, or as I like to call it, the CPLI, or Consumer Price Index, and that's why I call it a lie, because they play games with it. You know, the first thing they do is, well... Ah, the price of ribeye went really high, so we'll just change it to sirloin this year. And then sirloin got really expensive, so we'll change it to ground meat. And then we'll see uh, the sales of chicken went up because meat got beef got so expensive. So we'll use chicken in that line item to control the CPI because they don't want the CPI to be too high because the CPI, Consumer Price Index again, things like guaranteed raises for military personnel, for Social Security recipients and stuff like that are tied to the CPI. So they have to have their wages at least keep pace with inflation, so they give them a raise. So they, they can't have it. They just simply can't have it 
ever in a case where uh, inflation is reflected the way that it is because the, the already exploding expense would run away even further and fast. And they also don't want to admit what they're doing to the American people. But when you look at the real numbers and you say what happened to the price of all goods and services in America over the last year, the, the, the price went up by about 6%. But as I've tried to explain before, and it's, it's so important that you understand this difference to really understand what's being done to you by the people that are really in control, which is the private institution that is the Federal Reserve. Okay? The price of goods and services does not go up. The purchasing power of your dollar declines. Okay, You got that. Purchasing power of the money goes down, not the price of goods and services going up. Now, Goods and services run through Economics 101 supply-demand curves. If there's a big demand for something and a small supply, it will spike the price. If there's a moderate demand for something and a huge supply, it drops the price. Those are normal swings and fluctuations that generally level themselves out over time in a market. A continued steady advance of an erosion of purchasing power is not a supply-demand issue. There's, of all the stuff we buy, there's, the supply is plentiful. The demand is, is, is fairly constant, but the decline, in, the decline in purchasing power is due to erosion of the value of the money, which is directly caused by printing more money. When you print a new dollar out of thin air and put it into the system, the only way that dollar gets any value is to suck some value from the existing supply. To make it simple to understand, if there were only $10,000, if there was only $10,000 in existence, that's all the money that there was and I add $1,000 to the pool and make it $11,000, effectively I've taken 10% of the existing value and sucked it from the existing 10 over to the new 1,000. So the value of all the money drops by 10%. That's basic inflation. And this last year it was 6%. Which means, folks, when they say 57%, 55, 52, whatever dumbass number of people in America don't pay taxes, they're lying to you by at least 6% on everything that person owns purchases, and holds. Think about that. It's a tax on 100% of your holdings of everything denominated in dollars. Your house, your car, your cash, your stocks, your bonds. Everything you hold that you value based on its convertibility into dollars is taxed this last year at 6%. You didn't even see it. Putting it another way, if you had $100,000 in $100 bills in stacks, stuffed into your mattress, as safe as it can be, like grandma would have done, right? Today, that money is worth $94,000 in purchasing power compared to $100,000 last year. 6% of $100,000, $6,000, $94,000. It is no different than the government coming into your house and simply taking $6,000 out of your stack and leaving with it. But it was done, and there is no way to combat it at all. That is the inflation tax. That is done by the Federal Reserve. They are the only organization in the world that can tax you without you seeing it, without you understanding it, without you feeling it, without any way for you to actually put your finger on it and go, I get this, unless you think. See, and that's why they don't want you to think. Why do you think, why do you think that our television set today has crap on it like keeping up with the Kardashians? An e-television network showing us somebody freaking snapping out at a party or falling on the ground because they were drunk and celebrity this or somebody's freaking baby bump, right? Ooh, we're going to see so-and-so's baby bump. I don't give a shit about somebody's baby bump, right? You have, at the same time, that you have government thugs, and these are thugs, and I'm going to tell you, I support law enforcement. You guys know that. But every single person, every single person that's been involved in doing this... They, they took a gun and went to a man's house to threaten him over a pig, you should be a dis considered a disgrace. You know, you should just quit your job, you know, and you should go out and you should just, I don't know, wash windows or something for the rest of your life. You know, or leave my country, for God's sakes. Anybody that took part in that, you are a disgrace. You're, you're a human being that I would gladly spit in your face. That's how low I think the person who strapped a gun on and went to enforce that law was. I don't care if you threaten. If I was, that was my job. And I was told, yeah, we're going to go to this 75-year-old man's house. We're going to suit up in SWAT gear. I just, I just quit right there. Anybody with a conscience would quit. And say, no, you do this yourself. Because if enough people lay it down. Yeah, and, and, and this is where the money comes from. 
And this, people don't understand that this is how the money comes in. Because this is what allows the government to keep borrowing more and keep borrowing more and keep borrowing more, which is how the money gets created. And allows the Federal Reserve to continue to monetize it. And, and then, and then they have the audacity to get on television, get on radio, and put you at odds with the guy across the street because he paid less than you. And neither one of you know how much you really paid and what's really being done with your money. Putting old farmers out of business because their pigs are brown. Taxing you on everything that you hold with a secret backdoor tax. And if you, if you doubt that it's a tax, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, if he says it's a tax, I would say it's a tax. Ron Paul got him to admit it verbatim on the floor of the House that inflation was a hidden tax on the American people. So there's your tax day. So that all came from a kid asking a simple question, I know. But I, I can't tell you how angry I am about this. I can't tell you how upset I am about this. I know I've dedicated way more of this show than I usually do on a feedback day to it. But my God, folks, my God, isn't it time that we say no more? Isn't it time that we say, you know what, enough, enough. You, you assholes don't get to do this anymore. You, 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 you've gone Too far. Not only do you not have to get to go any further, isn't it time we start pinning their ears back and pushing them backwards? You know what? The people of this country have immense power, but we've just had it just robbed from us through intellectual murder, is, is what I see here. They've murdered the minds of the American people, and they've put them at war with each other. They've broken us into stratified classes based on income and race and many other things. They've put us at odds with each other. And then they take our money and they use it to step on our necks further. Armed men go out and threaten a 75-year-old man because his pig is brown. Are you proud of your country today? I'm not. I'm proud of many things about my country. I'm not proud of my country today. That that can even happen here. I'm not proud of my country for the way that we've been manipulated and we've allowed ourselves to be manipulated. Keep tuning in, folks. Keep tuning in. Cam is cute. Whatever. They're idiots. And they want you to be idiots. This is a model of idiocy. Let's take real learning out of our schools and replace it with, I don't know, some kind of cultural bullshit to get along with, with other people. It's fine to get along with other people. But you know how you get people to get along with other people? You make them educated. Stupid people, stupid people are easy to put in a conflict with somebody else. They might accept somebody with a certain choice or whatever because they were told to, but as soon as, as soon as anything is different, you can immediately change that in the person. You know, you could say, well, not him, he's a redneck. Oh, I hate him. Freaking idiocy. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to a different email because I know I'm, I'm, I'm dragging this, but guys, in America today, We're allowing these things to happen, and no one's fighting. I mean, I, I, that's not right. I'm fighting. You're fighting. But the vast majority of Americans are idiots. They're still back in the Clinton era where it's the economy stupid, and even the economy's bad, but as long as it's not bad for them, it's okay. And when it is bad for them, it's somebody else's fault but theirs. It's our fault that we've let these people do this. It's, it's, it's time for us to do something. It's time for us to stand. You want more proof that government is stupid? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to a place that, you know that's uh, it's a little different than Michigan and killing the pigs. They got their own problems. A place called Providence, Rhode Island. Now, I told you about basically what amounted to a suburb of there there's going to go bankrupt, and then they did uh, over a year ago. And people say, well, it's not really a big deal because that suburb. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, maybe it was Central Falls. Uh, but w whatever it was, they said it's just a little, it's basically a neighborhood, you know, it, 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 it broke off and, you know, it's not really that big a deal. Well, Providence is a major city. Providence is uh, going to go bankrupt. It, it's going to. And an advisor, advisor to their, their, their uh, city was honest about it. He told the truth. And said that there's, it's inevitable. It's the only way that, that, that the problem is going to be solved. And anything that they do is just going to forestall it. But the, the, the end game is bankruptcy. So what did the mayor do? Did the mayor go, wow, this guy's honest and we better look at how to do this in a sane way? No, he fired him. Yep. <laughs> Think about this. Right? So the guy comes out and does, I've, I've run the numbers, I've run the books. You don't have the money. You're going to go bankrupt. And you need to figure out how to do it in, in a sane way. And the mayor goes, I don't like your answer, so you're fired. Let me read this to you. 
This is on foxnews.com. An advisor to financially strapped Providence, Rhode Island, has been fired for his candor about the likelihood of the city going into bankruptcy. Robert G. Robert G. Flanders Jr. has been told by Mayor Angel uh, Tavares, a Democrat, that his services and those of his law firm Hinckley, Allen, and Snyder are no longer needed. The mayor's move last week follows Flanders' recent comments about the potential bankruptcy for Providence, considering the financial drain the city faces and having to pay out pensions and benefits with no compromise in sight. I don't see how they can get out of it without going into bankruptcy, Flanders told Bloomberg News in March. Travers called the comment unacceptable. Quote, because of the harm comments have done effective today, the city of Providence has severed its relationship with Judge Flanders. He, quote, he also has said in a written statement, Flanders is a form of state supreme, a former state Supreme Court justice who in August put the small Rhode Island town of Central Falls, it was Central Falls, under court protection. He did not return a call to comment for the story. Flanders has said his comments were to suggest, uh, Tavares, uh, will have a difficult time getting enough concessions from retirees and others before the city, Rhode Island's second, Rhode Island's largest, and the state capital runs out of cash. Uh, not. Flanders said the bankruptcy is unavoidable. So, the mayor disagreed, so he fired the guy. So the guy basically just did his job and said, hey, look, this is where you're at. Your, your, your unions and stuff on this side are not going to give any concessions. This is the money you have coming in. This is how math works. And you're going to go into bankruptcy. And the mayor said, that's uh, unacceptable and, and, and it, it does harm to the city. No, what does harm to the city is spending money you don't freaking have, you dolt. So, I, I keep trying to put a sense of, I, I, to do two things with this show. I try to balance things. I want you to be empowered. I want you to feel good. And I want you to go out and build something in your life. I don't want you to hunker down in a bunker and hide. I want you to be bold and powerful, and I want you to do something meaningful with the gift that you've been given that is your life. On the other side, I want you to have a sense of urgency and realize that this shit is real. It's happening. Cities are going broke. Counties are going broke. The nation is going broke. Economic collapse at a global level is a certainty at some point in the future. Is it five months, five years, or 15 years? I don't know. But it's closer, I think, than we're willing to admit. So when you have a city that's going to go bankrupt, that fires the guy for acknowledging it, it tells you everything that you need to know. What that message is, does it matter if it's true? Don't tell all the people. Lie to them. Lie to them until the very end. Hide it. That's And, and that's not Providence. See, the, the problem is that people will look at this and go, I'm not jerking Providence. It's not him. It's the whole system is this way. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. They'll stop spending, and it'll make it worse, and it'll happen faster. But yeah, maybe they'll stop spending and protect themselves. That's the way I see it. And of course, they'll, they'll, they'll just take it to another level of class warfare. They'll say, well, look at all these people, these pensions. They don't work anymore. They have a lifetime pension fund, whatever. They won't make any concessions. And you know what? They're right when they say that. Because in the end, these people that are holding, I'm getting mine, damn it. They told me for 30 years that I was going to get it, and I retired, and I want 100% of what they promised. They're going to get nothing. They're going to get nothing. When the whole thing goes to, to craps the bed, they're going to end up with not a damn thing. But you want to know why they won't make any concessions? Two reasons. They're government drones. People that spend 30 years working for government on some level are a drone for government. They don't believe that the money can run out. They've seen too much money go through over the years, and they know there's a lot of money, so they don't believe that the money can run out. And then there's the other side. The part of them that's a non-drone, that has the inside view of the system and knows how terrible the system is, how much waste the system has, how much a part of the waste some of them were. You know why they don't want to give any concessions? They don't believe that the government will use the concessions to fix the problem. They believe the government will take the concession and piss it away, and eventually they'll end up right back where they are anyway, and all it is is a delay. So a combination of a knowledge that government won't actually fix the problem because they created it, and a disbelief that the money can actually run out, the government actually has a, a finite limit to its resources, is, is, is what is making these people hold their line. And in the end, they're going to get hurt even worse. Or maybe even sooner is a better way to look at it. Because I think the, the, the actual severity is going to be there. The whole system has to be shifted and changed. It can't continue to run the way it is. We can't continue 
to pay for today on the backs of children and grandchildren's efforts tomorrow. That's what a bond is. A bond is a certificate that indentures the labor of people who are not yet even old enough to enter the contract. When your city sells bonds instead of taxes to build a stadium or build a park or fund a pension program or whatever, you know, we say, well, they don't sell bonds to fund pension programs. Yeah, they do. Because otherwise they would have to use other money to, to pay for the thing that now they can use to fund the pension program. So when they do that, when the government does this, sells bonds, 10-year treasury bond, your kid that's 15 years old, they can't legally enter into a contract, can't sign off on a contract without parental approval, is now indentured to pay that debt when he's 25. Has anybody ever put it to you that way before? He's in, you're, we're indenturing the servitude of future generations when we as a people because we are the government loan money through the issuance of a bond it is a piece of the future generations effort and labor and many times it is going to cost people who were not old enough to make the decision because a lot of times when the bond comes due we don't have the money so what do we do We issue another bond to pay the first bond. We get the money in, and we used MasterCard to pay Visa. Now we kick the can another 10 years down the road with a 10-year bond. Great. That means the person that's responsible to pay that bill, that's in his prime working years in his 30s, was about 10 years old when he was indentured into that requirement. Deep stuff for a Monday, or Tuesday, because we skipped Monday, right? Deep stuff for a feedback show? Yeah. That's what's really going on, folks. That's what's really going on. It's too deep. It's too deep for me to leave you this way. It's too deep for me to keep going into my inbox and just bringing out more and more and more. I've told you how you were taxed at 6% last year on every single thing that you owned, held, and earned. I've told you that your government now believes that they can go on to private property and kill somebody's livestock because it's a different color. I've told you that the nation's going broke. I've told you that your children have been indentured into servitude. And I've done something today that I almost never do. I haven't given you a damn solution once, so I'm going to spend the last 10 minutes of this show giving you my solutions to this problem. Number one, we stand up and we fight. We stand up and we fight with every ounce of our being. If our forefathers could stand in front of cannon fire and shoot muskets out of superior force, we can stand up and be seen and heard and we can tell our neighbors and we can spread the information and we can expose this evil for what it is. That's the number one thing we do. We fight. And we fight mostly not with holding signs, not with yelling and screaming, certainly not with taking up arms. We fight by exposing this. You know what? Tell every person you know today about what's going on in Michigan. And when they say, no, say, listen, I'm, I'm going to ask you as your friend. Please hear this one out. This is what's really gone on. 70-year-old man was threatened with jail time and $10,000 $10, per animal in fines. Something like that. Get the, get the, I don't think I, I'm so angry I can't even read. But just say thousands and thousands of dollars in fines and potential imprisonment if his hogs were alive when they got there. And they sent 10 armed men. I do have that number dead on. 10 armed men to his house, 70 years old. To kill his pigs because they were brown. This guy's crime raises pigs on a farm called Baker's Green Acres. Like they don't have some 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 door of some drug house to be kicking in. No, they're going to go threaten an old man. Tell people what's going on. Number two, do not, do not, do not live in fear. If you're thinking, you know what, I want a couple brown pigs on my homestead, go get your pigs and put them on your homestead while you still can. It will be easier for us to fight to keep Things like that, if more people do it, if more people have it, and if they have to come take it away instead of saying you can't do it in the first place. If you cower for one second, if you decide, well, I won't do that because they might do it in my state someday, they win without having to put any effort into it all. Do not, do not, do not let these scum vermin doing this to our people intimidate you and prevent you from acting. What you want to do, as long as you can do it, and as long as you don't harm anybody, go do it. And do it by the thousands and tens of thousands. As long as you're doing it to one or two old men and a couple hunting ranches, 
It's easy. If they're trying to do it to tens of thousands of homesteaders, it's a lot harder. It's the same way we defend the Second Amendment. You can write all the letters you want to Congress people. Go out and take a person that's never owned a gun to the range, teach them to shoot, help them make a, a selection, buy their first gun and have something to lose. Then they'll care. They don't care when they have nothing to lose. Create more homesteaders, create more people that have these livestock and draw the line and say, not on our watch. Number three, join organizations like Oath Keepers and Appleseed. Get involved with organizations like uh, the Free State Project. Wherever, you, wherever it works for you, get involved, get informed, and fight by acting, by living your life boldly, by not cowering, by not being swayed in your decision because somebody might come take it from you someday. Bullshit. Number four, take people with you for the ride. Tell your friends and neighbors who you really are and what you really do. Do it sane. Do it rational. Don't make them afraid. Make them feel strong the way that you do. I'm going to do a show uh, probably tomorrow. It won't be the show I put out tomorrow, but I'll probably record it tomorrow for you on how to talk to people, uh, how to get them more involved as preppers, as homesteaders, and as Americans once again. How to say it in ways where they're receptive versus being closed off. But tell your friends and neighbors what you do. Next, be prepared. Be prepared. Absolutely. Make sure there's lots of food, lots of water, lots of medical supplies. All the stuff we talk about storing up, don't back off for a second. Don't worry that they might say, well, since this person has more than a day's worth of food in their house, they might, I don't give a damn. Say whatever you want about me, but you better damn well prove it before you act on it. Because I'm just here to take care of myself, my family, and my community. And to spread the message that it is not foolish to be prepared. There's nothing wrong with it. And you're actually a dumbass in this day and age when the mayor of a, of a city fires a guy who's honest about the city's finances because he doesn't like the answer and, and basically says, hide it from them. Don't tell them. Even though it's true, it makes it worse if you tell them. You're a fool if you're not prepared. Don't tell your friends that. They're not going to be that receptive to it yet. Eventually, they'll figure that out for themselves. But be prepared. Because you know what? They can't scare you. The, 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 the supermarket shelves will go dry. Or that the price will go up if you can take care of yourself for four to six months. They can't scare you with it. Because you'll know, well, we'll deal with it. Next, make sure you can defend what you have. And that means firearms. And that means thinking about the stuff that Joe Nobody talked about yesterday. From, from the common burglar to a raving horde and anything in between, you make sure you can defend what you have. And hope you never have to do it. And I'll tell you the truth, odds are you probably will never have to do it to the level you heard about yesterday. But you might have to do it on some level. And the fact that most people will be ready to do it will stop a lot of the problems before they start. If people in this country think, even if the rule of law has declined to such a degree that I might get away with it that way, but the average person in this country will put a bullet in my head if I threaten their family, there'll be a lot less problems than there are in other parts of the world. Because this is an armed nation. We're selling over a million guns a month right now. And that's great. I think the most polite you'll ever see people at a baseball game is on bat day. When everybody's holding a club, everybody's nice to each other because everybody's equal. Remember, sharing can only happen between equals. That's why tax is not sharing. It's not sharing the wealth to pay taxes. Because somebody that has far more power than you uses threat of gun and jail to take what you have and give it to somebody else. That's not sharing. That's theft. Sharing occurs between equals. So there's another step. Try to make others your equal. Don't try to overpower them. Don't try to see them as inferior and never cower before them. There's the two ways that we, we take equality out of the equation. is to see people as so unfortunate that we're better than them or smarter than them or tougher than them or to see ourselves in some way inferior to another. Realize that we're all men and women. We all put our clothes on the same way. We all have the same inalienable rights granted by our Creator to see others as equals. That might that doesn't mean that if a person's down and they're lucky, you don't help them. But do it by sharing. Help them as an equal. Help them because you believe in their individual worth as a fellow human being, not because you don't think that they can do it for themselves. You won't even have to worry about the proverb of giving a man a fish versus teaching a man a fish. If you just think that way, the solution will take care of itself. So see others as equals. The biggest one, though, 
Believe in yourself. I know it sounds kind of airy-fairy or too simple. The biggest problem we have in America today isn't what somebody else is doing. It's our own belief in our own inadequacy. It's what leads to our fear. It leads to our fear-based decisions. It's what leads to class warfare. Because I'm inadequate, I need to take what somebody else has. Believe in yourself. What's funny is when you start believing in yourself, all of a sudden you start believing in your family. And then all of a sudden you start believing in what you're doing. You start believing that what you do is important. And when you do that, then you start to realize that the people around you that you thought, you know, were somehow inferior or clueless, that a lot of them really aren't. That they're, 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 they're decent people just like you are. And you start to talk to them and, and, and they recognize that you believe in yourself. And all of a sudden they find themselves believing in themselves and they believe in you too. And then all of a sudden that little piece of dirt that you guys call a neighborhood becomes something that has value. And we go back to a time when our neighbors actually knew each other on a first-name basis and didn't just wave at each other when they came home from work and then run inside the house and not want to talk to each other. And then all of a sudden when we start talking to each other, it starts to drive the people in power crazy, but it all starts with us believing ourselves. Do you know why they hate the Internet? Because it's really hard for them to convince you that the person over in a different country is evil and horrible when you talk to them on Instant Messenger and Facebook. And you see that there's somebody just like you. They can't villainize them anymore. Well, we have taken that to a global level, but we've lost it at a local level. Believe in yourself. Believe in your community. Believe in your family. Believe in doing what's right. And believe in whatever it is for you that is God or spiritualism. Find something to believe in. I believe that we all can. Even the atheist has something to believe in. I don't tell anybody what religion to follow. I don't even tell anybody really what my faith is. That's really not anybody's business as far as I'm concerned. But I believe in, I don't just believe in myself, in my community, in my nation. I believe in something larger than myself. I believe in something greater than myself. I believe in a larger spiritual reality. And I believe that that's important. And if you do that through the Christian faith or the Jewish faith or the Muslim faith or the Buddhist faith, non-denominational faith as a Wiccan, I don't care how you do it. As long as you're not hurting anybody. As long as it doesn't say because you believe this you can go take from another because they don't believe that. I don't care. It really doesn't matter to me. I just care that you believe in something beyond yourself. Because that's where your strength lies. It doesn't lie in you. It doesn't lie in your neighbor. It doesn't lie in your government. It doesn't lie in your flag. It lies in the very fact that there is something greater. There is something more important. There is something that is the destiny for humankind to eventually live up to. And we may be a long way from there. But as long as we're on the road, we can make things better. And when we can make things better, then we have the most important thing in a crisis, hope. You see, folks, when people really go nuts, when we have to deal with like a Mogadishu-type environment, it's when hope is gone. And we start to lose hope when we stop believing in ourselves. We believe that there's nothing we can do. We lose faith in our fellow man, our neighbors, our family. We lose faith in everything. And then we separate ourselves from a faith in something bigger. Then we become fearful. And then society degrades. And that's when people burn down each other's houses out of spite. That's when people steal. That's when people literally feed off of each other when hope is gone. If you want hope, that things can be better, And you have to live in a manner that says that that's what you believe. What you say is irrelevant. What you do is everything. Be strong. Be powerful. Be united. Don't believe the lies. And never let them stop you from continuing to build a better life. And with that, this has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to build that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. There's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess We follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way
children just can't pay Nobody up 